0: it's your girl Brittany, and welcome to the Anchor Playlist, where we encourage, strengthen, and challenge believers to be anchored in the Lord through a playlist of biblical lessons. And today's tap is foolishness. And foolish means to lack wisdom or good judgment. And of course, I'm not linking foolishness to bad decisions that we make in life because some things have to be made by trial and error. But have you ever made a decision and said, dang, that was really dumb? That was really stupid. Why not listen to God? I've wasted so much time following the desires of my heart. I really should have listened to God. And we always feel silly in hindsight, but that's not God's will for our life. Because nine times out of 10, he told you the right way, but we weren't listening. And the foolish that I'm referring to today is willful ignorance. When you're willfully ignorant, it's a choice. You choose not to be informed or guided. You choose not to listen to the wise counsel. And in particular, the foolishness that I'm referring to today is when you do the opposite of what God has instructed. So that means that God told you that that wasn't the decision to make. God told you that he had something better. God literally told you No. But because you wanted it, you translated that no into a yes. So in today's podcast, we're focusing on the conscious decision not to listen to God. And that's foolishness. Proverbs chapter one, verse seven says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So if we know that reverence for the Lord is a beginning of knowledge and only fools hate wisdom and instruction. Why do we make conscious decisions not to follow God? Why do we make a choice to disobey him? There's been times in my life where God has told me, no, Brittany, don't make that decision. I have something better. Or Brittany, you should probably walk away from that person. You should probably let that go. And I didn't listen. And as a result, I spent more time regretting the decision I made than the enjoyment that I found in making the decision. And I found that there are two reasons why we tend to make foolish decisions or choose not to listen to wise counsel. And the first one is that we trust our will over God's. In Proverbs chapter 12, verse 15, the Bible says that the way of a fool is right in his own eyes. We tend to think that we know better than God because this is a plan that we devise in our own hearts. This is a plan that I came up with. And for sure, I wouldn't lead myself the wrong way. I wouldn't lead myself to destruction. I won't lead myself astray. So how can God's plan be better for my life? And we think this because we spent weeks or months or years and sometimes decades planning or waiting for the opportunity to present itself. And we don't understand how God can tell us no when we think about all the perks that this opportunity brings. When we think about how much this opportunity is going to bless our life and how it's going to change us and how it's going to open so many doors. All the while, not realizing that we can only see the door. But God has the supreme ability and authority to see beyond the door. But even while knowing that, we still trust our will over God's. And again, that's foolishness. And that's not his will for us. It's his will for us to be informed. And for us to listen to wise counsel and to seek wise counsel. And to listen to him. The Bible tells us to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added into us. But sometimes we get caught up on what's added to us and not seeking him first and not seeking the kingdom and not seeking his righteousness. And the second reason I've discovered that we tend to fall into foolishness is because we don't trust God. We fall into foolishness and negligence because we don't really trust him. And it's hard to trust somebody that you don't know. If you don't know God's character and he closes a door on you, it's easy to think that he doesn't understand your passions or your goals. It's easy to think that he doesn't want the best for us because what we want is best for us. Somehow we're still not able to trust him, even though he knew us before we were formed in our mother's wombs. We find it hard to trust him, even though that we know his word says that he has a plan for our lives, plans to prosper us and not to harm us, plans to give us a hope and a future. But sometimes that sounds too sweet. If you don't know him, if you don't know his character, if you don't know how trustworthy he is. If you don't know that he's your father or he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother, you won't be able to trust him. And it's crazy because deep down, we know that what God has for us is better than what we could want for ourselves. But we're fooled by uncertainty. We're paralyzed by the unknown. And as a result, we tend to think that when God closes a door or tells us no, that it's a rejection. But in reality, it's really a redirection. He's redirecting you back to his perfect will. He's redirecting you back to the plan that he has for your life. Don't be foolish. Listen to him. We can be so focused on a decision that God has no other choice but to close it in a divine way. And sometimes that closed door hurts, but it's necessary. Because we don't know what's behind that door. It can lead us on a path of destruction. But we have to know that he wants the best for us. And he doesn't want the world's best for us or even our best, but his. The world's best is flawed, and our best seems to be seen from an obstructed view because we don't know what's behind what we see. Our perception is so limited that it sometimes blinds us. But God's best is perfect. And his passion for the best for us is stemmed from his love for us. You have to know how much God loves you. You have to know it. When you realize how much God loves you and how much he protects you and how he wants the best for you, That'll make you want to follow and trust him. He loves us so much that he's willing to dismantle our plans altogether. And it's so crazy because sometimes God will close the door, but we'll try to creep in through the window. We will really try to do something crazy and deranged just like this. And that's like you go into somebody's house and they say, no, you're not welcome here. They slam the door on your face because you're not getting the picture. And you try to crawl into the window ain't that crazy like literally just think about that that that's so crazy but that's exactly how we look when we try to open the door that God just closed it's obvious that that's not the place for you it's obvious that you're being redirected somewhere else where you belong but we have to ask ourselves why are we so willing to go to a place that's obviously not for us rather than following God's will We'll be so wrapped and emotionally attached to our plans that a redirection will cause us to turn our backs on Him. And you know why? It's because our way is right in our own eyes. And if we're not careful, the shift or change in direction can turn to agitation or anger towards God, but it's supposed to produce appreciation for Him. You'll find yourself so upset that the door was closed instead of appreciating the fact that if God closed this door, then there must be something better. And that's a blessing. There's something better than what you imagine. There's something better than what you've been fixating on. Wouldn't you want that? I mean, just think about the two. You devise a plan in your own heart. And then on the other hand, God has something that exceeds what you have ever asked for or what you even thought of. You can't even fathom it. That's what God has for you. But then you go and choose what's in your hand. Ain't that crazy? Wouldn't it be crazy to settle for something below what God has for us? But that's what we do sometimes. Wouldn't it be wise to desire what God has for us? Or do we want that blessing on our own terms? Because when you're following God, you're on his terms and his timing. And again, that goes back to wanting to be in control. Following God can be nerve-wracking because you're walking into a sea of uncertainty, but you have something to your advantage. And that's that the scriptures tell us that all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and who are called according to his purpose. That means that you've already won, that no matter how it ends, it's going to work in your favor. It's going to work for your good. So you have nothing to lose. Yes, following God can be uncomfortable sometimes. But even in that discomfort, you still can have a positive perspective. And that's got to be that you've already won. And I'm not saying that you're going to jump for joy when God shifts your plans. Because it might hurt. But as you're shifting, you'll find peace. You'll be able to trust him because you know that what God has for you is better. Because you know that you're following the God of all wisdom. Because you're following a God who wouldn't want you to stumble, who wouldn't want you to fall. Being foolish means that we make a conscious choice to do the opposite of what God has instructed. But you become less foolish because we're always going to make mistakes. But you become less foolish when you trust and accept his plan for your life. But trust begins with a relationship. You must trust that his way is better than your own. You must trust that he loves you so much that he's going to close that door and open a new one for you. He's going to close a door and open doors that no man can shut. God is willing to do that for you, but you have to trust him. You must have a relationship with him. And in this relationship, it's not like any other one that you've been in in your life. Perhaps in your previous relationships, you've dealt with rejection, meaning that you tried your all and someone decided that they didn't want you or someone decided that they didn't want to give it back to you in return. They didn't want to meet you halfway. But the Bible says in James four and eight that as you draw nigh to him, he'll draw nigh to you. Or when you draw near to him, he'll draw near to you. So when you come to him, God is coming right back to you. And yes, I'm laboring over this Because I'm trying to paint the picture that God is waiting on you and he wants you. The Bible says that God wouldn't have that any man would perish, but that we will all have eternal life. But to have eternal life, you must be saved. And to be saved, you have to admit that you are a sinner. Believe that he died and rose for your sins and confess that Jesus is Lord. It's not his will for you to wander aimlessly in the wilderness. It's not his will for you to handle life all by yourself. God is waiting on you. And if you want to be saved, say this prayer after me. Lord, I know that I'm a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe that you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I want to turn from my sins and invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust you as my Lord and Savior change me Lord save me in Jesus name amen and if you said that prayer and you believed it you're saved you're saved and that's so awesome and I'm so excited that you accepted the father and that you can now begin the best relationship in your life and this is the first step to being anchored you are now anchored in the Lord but you have to be grounded so that you won't drift away following the desires in your own heart will cause you to drift away from the will that he has for your life. So now that you have the Lord, let him keep you anchored. But remember, what good is an anchor if you don't use it? Tap in.